This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. Now it has to be said that 2021 has been a busy old year for all the England national sides. But there's been one final event to finish 2021 off with. The Nations League draw. Now I'm sure you're all more than familiar as to who we've been drawn against but I couldn't just leave it alone with no comment. So we'll cover that draw very soon, but I thought I'm just going to give a little background to the tournament. For those perhaps not familiar with England's history with this fairly recent tournament, introduced by UEFA back in 2018, with the idea of nations playing more competitive matches rather than friendly matches, I think it's fair to say the general consensus is it's been one of UEFA's better innovations. The original format for 2018-19 put all 54 UEFA nations into divisions or leagues that were determined as leagues A, B, C and D. League A being the higher quality of teams down to League D, which back then consisted of the likes of Azerbaijan, the Faroe Islands, Malta and San Marino, the lower ranking UEFA nations, if you will. League A had 12 teams divided into four divisions and the final top four teams after playing each other would then go on to the semi-finals and subsequent final with the idea that the bottom team would be relegated to League B. However, this would later change. Uh, At the time, League B, like A, had 12 teams divided into four divisions. Top team would be promoted, taking the place of relegated League A team and bottom team relegated to League C. League C had 15 teams divided into four groups, and D had 16 teams divided into four groups. Now, our first qualification campaign in 2018 pitted us against Spain and Croatia in Group A4. It had a fair few twists and turns along the way. The games would be played between September and November, And because of the uneven amount of teams in the group, one team would have a double header in the qualifying period. Spain, they played twice in September, England twice in October and Croatia twice in November. Now cast your mind back, we would lose our opening game at home to Spain, 2-1. Despite Marcus Rashford opening the scoring on 11 minutes. There you go, there's a quiz question if ever there was one. Who was England's first ever Nations League goalscorer? Marcus Rashford. Henderson able to ride the challenge. Here is Kane. And it's Luke Shaw galloping forward. Rashford ahead of him. And Shaw finds Rashford! What a start! And what a goal as well! Spain would pull two goals back in the first half. And then remember this. In the dying minutes of the second half... 
Danny Welbeck looked to have secured us a point, but the referee was the only one in the stadium who judged that there had been a foul in play and the goal was disallowed. Time beginning to run out. Cricket. The Liverpool youngster once again is deflected. Ramos up rather than away. And a chance for Welbeck! But it won't count. Disallowed by the referee. Ramos with the initial clearance. And what did Danny Welbeck do wrong there? Spain would go on to beat Croatia 6-0 in their next game in September. October came around. England travelled to Rijeka in Croatia to face the team that had put them out of the World Cup semi-finals only months before. And for the first time in England's history, the game was played behind closed doors. This because Croatia still had to serve a UEFA ban for a previous misdemeanour that had involved burning a swastika onto the pitch back in June 2015 in a game against Italy. Playing with no fans in the stadium would again come round in the following qualification campaign, but for much different reasons. The game was nothing to write home about, as England drew nil-nil, but had gained a point on the board after two games. Three days later, we would travel to Seville to face Spain at the home of Real Betis. In one of England's finest games in some time, they raced into a 3-0 half-time lead with two goals from Raheem Sterling, either side of a Marcus Rashford strike. Barkley's head, unable to collect. Now Rashford, Sterling through the middle. No flag, Raheem Sterling! The long wait is over. It's his first ever England away goal. And it's given the supposed underdogs tonight a 16th minute lead here in Seville. He's got Rashford in and England could get a second here. They have done. Inside the opening half an hour. Another brilliant moment here in the home of Betis for Gareth Southgate and his very young England team. Barkley. That's another one for Sterling. No offside. It's a Monday night masterclass for Gareth Southgate and his team. Just to emphasise this, Spain had never conceded three goals at home in a competitive match ever. They would pull one back on 58 minutes and another eight minutes into stoppage time. But it wouldn't be enough. England now had four points and topped the group. We moved into November and it was Croatia's turn to play two games. First, they faced Spain in Zagreb, this time in front of a crowd, where they would win 3-2, meaning that the last game of the group could go either way. Croatia win, they top the group and go through to the finals, and we would be relegated. Or we win, and Croatia would be down. Nerves were on edge as Croatia took the lead, but thanks to goals from Jesse Lingard and a late one from Harry Kane, saw England win 2-1 and progress to the final four to be held in the following summer of 2019. Andre Kramaric, dangerous. 
Nothing away from a couple of challenges and more. Gets the shot away and it's in. Would you believe it? Croatia in front after all those England chances. Almost with the huge throw in towards Stones again. And Harry Kane here. And Lingard couldn't miss. England level. Still well delivers. No, an awkward. The other semi-finalists would be the Netherlands, Switzerland and Portugal. And we were drawn against the Dutch in the Portuguese town of Guimarães in semi-final two. The other semi-final took place the day before between Portugal and Switzerland in Porto. Portugal won that and were through to the final. Would we face them? Sadly not. With the Champions League final taking place only five days previous between Liverpool and Tottenham Hotspur, Gareth Southgate neglected to select any of the players in his starting eleven that had played in that Champions League game. Marcus Rashford, though, put us ahead with a penalty on 32 minutes before Matthijs de Ligt equalised in the second half. England began to fade, and after a couple of VAR decisions, it remained goalless. And the game went to extra time. Carl Walker then put through his own net. And then Quincy Primes put the game beyond doubt. The Dutch would meet Portugal in the final. England would return to Guimarães in the third and fourth playoff match against Switzerland. And that, to be honest, was a hard slog of a game. Especially watching it from the stands. Hot weather. Perhaps a little bit of a disinterested team. The game ended goalless, even after extra time, when perhaps it would have been better for all had it have just gone straight to penalties. But England, on a high after winning a penalty shootout the previous summer against Colombia, they had the chance to make sure it wasn't a fluke. Each player who stepped up found the net. Maguire, Barkley, Sancho, Sterling, Pickford, yes, goalkeeper Jordan Pickford, and Eric Dyer. And after scoring one, Pickford, just as he had done in Moscow, he saved the penalty to ensure England finished third. Portugal would go on to win the inaugural title, beating the Dutch by a goal to nil. The second and most recent tournament may have felt that it almost went under the radar a little. In the main, because it was held during the midst of the pandemic, UEFA had also made some structural changes to the format of the competition. As I mentioned, teams that originally finished bottom of their respective group would be relegated to the league below. So Croatia in our group, and this also included Germany, who in a group with the Netherlands and France, managed to finish bottom with only two points. Iceland and Poland, well they would also finish bottom of their respective groups. However, For the 2020-21 tournament, these nations were reinstated and the groups expanded to four groups of four in League A. This restructuring was also applied further down the leagues. And so for 2020, England were drawn with Belgium, Denmark and Iceland. And with four teams now in a group, this meant that all four teams would play on the same night and England began with an away trip to Iceland. In Reykjavik, 
behind closed doors. Despite being down to 10 men, following a Kyle Walker sending off, it took a last-minute penalty by Raheem Sterling to take all three points. Although it nearly wasn't, as 30 seconds later, Iceland were awarded a spot kick, only for them to blast it over the bar. And that same day, would see Belgium beat Denmark away. England travelled to Copenhagen next and came away with a point after a goalless draw. Of the only real moments of note being debuts for Connor Cody, Jack Grealish, Calvin Phillips and Ainsley Maitland-Niles. England had four points, but Belgium were in pole position, having beaten Iceland 5-1. Next, it was top versus second. Belgium, the supposed number one team in the rankings, came to Wembley. And it was a penalty from Marcus Rashford and a Mason Mount goal was enough for England to take all three points in a 2-1 win. Lukaku scoring a consolation for Belgium. England were now top of Group 2. Denmark would beat Iceland away. And Denmark would be the next visitors to Wembley. Harry Maguire, who was going through a torrid time, both on and off the pitch, was sent off after 31 minutes for two bookable offences. Thankfully, I guess for him, there was no crowd to react to him. And against 10 men, Denmark won a penalty and up stepped into Milan's Christian Eriksen, winning his 100th cap for the Danes. He converted his penalty and that saw Denmark take all three points. A bad night for England got worse as Rhys James, winning only his third cap, was dismissed after full time in a scuffle. And for the first time in three Lions history, they had had two men dismissed from the same game. Belgium would beat Iceland to march on in first place. November came around and England travelled to Brussels, again with no fans in the ground, and were defeated for the second game in the competition. Denmark would beat Iceland in Copenhagen. The last round of games were pretty much a dead rubber. Belgium had won the group, Iceland were down. It was just a tussle to see who would finish second and third. England entertained Iceland at home, winning 4-0 with goals from Rice and Mount and two from Phil Foden. Belgium beat Denmark 4-2. England finished with 10 points from six games. It was the same as Denmark, but the Danes would finish ahead of England based on head-to-head meetings. So there would be no finals for England this time around. Instead, in October 2021, this time in front of a crowd, the semi-finals were contested between Belgium and France in Turin, France winning 3-2, and the other semi between Italy and Spain in the San Siro in Milan. Spain won that one 2-1, and that set up a final between Spain and France, which the French won 2-1. Winning goal coming from Kylian Mbappe. Which brings us up to date, and that latest draw. Now, only a few days earlier, UEFA and Giorgio Marchetti, he's the one that looks like Claudio Ranieri, well, they had made a right pig's ear of the Champions League last 16 draw. You may remember they had to redraw all the teams following a technical problem with the software of an external service provider that instructs the officials as to which teams are eligible to play each other. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Just pull the names out of a hat. It's just all too convoluted. 
do it FA Cup style, the velvet bag. Now, in the run-up to the draw, I put out a one of those Twitter polls of who people would prefer us to be drawn against. Nothing too concise. But from pot one, Belgium were the preferred option, ahead of Italy, Spain and France. From pot two, people preferred Portugal as being the nation to go to, ahead of Germany, Denmark and the Netherlands. And then pot four... The preferred option by a considerable stretch was Wales, then Austria, Hungary and Czech Republic. Hungary was a strange one, considering our recent history with them and also the fact that they've got a stadium ban hanging over their heads. But anyway, fortunately the Nations League draw on Thursday the 16th of December had no issues and smiley Robert Pires and Geica Mendieta pulled out the names. England, where well, we were pulled out alongside Hungary, Germany and Italy. My first impressions, it is a tough draw. It's also a frustrating draw as we played all of them this year. Italy and Germany in the Euros, obviously, and Hungary twice in World Cup qualifiers this year. I personally think we could finish that group in anywhere from first to third place, is my initial thoughts. Although with regards to going away, both Italy and Germany are easy to get to at generally decent prices, although where the games could be played we don't know yet. But I'm thinking Italy is the new Juventus Stadium in Turin, where we played a few years back. There's the Stadio Olimpico in Rome. There's the San Siro in Milan. Oh, I'd love to go and see a game in the San Siro. Uh, I've been for a ground tour round there, but never seen a uh, never seen a game. Let's try and get there before it gets knocked down. Then Germany, obviously Bayern's Allianz Arena holds a fair amount, and we've played in Dortmund a while back. There's obviously loads of decent grounds in Germany, so plenty of potential options there. Hungary, well, that's nailed on to be Budapest again, isn't it? And if we're looking at them on an individual basis, Italy, well, we've played them 28 times. We've won eight, drawn 10, lost 10. I needn't tell you when the last time we played them was. Uh, we've never met them in the Nations League. But I'm also thinking back to some epic games with some of these nations. Remember that game in Rome in 1997? The 0-0 that took us to France, 98. Paul Ince and his bloodied head bandage. Uh, Germany. So, yeah, Germany's a bit of a strange one. Uh, played 17, won 7, drawn 3, lost 7. That is as a unified Germany. Obviously, they were West Germany at one stage, when we played them 16 times, won 7, drawn 3, lost 6. And, of course, East Germany, who we only played four times, of which we won 3 and drew 1. Of course, we last met them in the Euro 2020 quarterfinals, where we won 2-0. Uh, other games against them, obviously I'm going to say the World Cup final of 1966, of course I would. But there's also the 5-1 in Munich, of course I'd mention that. That, in fact, was the last competitive game we played in Germany. Seems crazy to say that, doesn't it? All those years ago. Uh, of course, there were the couple of friendly wins over the years too. It is always a good fixture. Looking forward to that one. 
And Hungary, well, we've played them 24 times, won 16, drawn three, lost five. Last met them in the World Cup qualifiers where we drew 1-1 in October. Don't worry, I'd forgotten about that one as well. Uh, Like Germany and Italy, we have never met Hungary in the Nations League. As for famous matches with them, well, they were all some time ago and probably more in the favour of the mighty Magyars, Puskas and all those. Now, the following day, mid-morning, in fact, the fixtures were announced, which actually is something I think everyone should be credited for, sorting these all out quickly. I imagine it's a bit of a logistical nightmare. I've no idea how many people get involved around the table saying, oh, we'll play you on this date. Oh, no, we can't play then. Uh, So well done to all concerned there. But it's actually something we need to factor in as it has a major bearing on what games we can and can't attend. Remember that Wembley suspension game due to be our first home game of this campaign? So they were arranged as thus... Saturday the 4th of June, Hungary away, 5pm kickoff. We'll come back to this one. Tuesday the 7th of June, Germany away, 7.45. As I say, Germany on German soil, first time a competitive game played against them since that 5-1. How many times am I going to mention that going forward? Saturday the 11th of June, Italy at home, 7.45 again. And like that Hungary game, we'll return to that in a moment. Tuesday the 14th of June, Hungary at home, 7.45. So then there's a bit of a gap before we play again. We move into September, Friday the 23rd, Italy away, 7.45. And then our final game of the campaign, Monday the 26th of September, Germany at home, 7.45. Just imagine if there was top place at stake for that game. How good would that be? Now, coming back to those asterisk games, if you will. Hungary away, our first game of the campaign. You may remember Hungary have had their wrists slapped on numerous occasions recently for crowd disturbances. Well, they'll be serving a ban for racist abuse and homophobic banners displayed during the Euros. Much like Croatia and the Nations League that I mentioned earlier, we're once again punished for the actions of others. That game against Hungary, our first one, highly likely to be behind closed doors. And then that Italy game on the 11th of June. This is our first home competitive game since the punishment given following the Euro 2020 finals disturbances. We were given a two-game punishment, but with one suspended. There's a slight irony, isn't there, that the punishment came about following the game against Italy, and we now miss the rematch. Incredibly frustrating and disappointing. Just have to hope that the boys can do the job on the pitch and see us in good stead. And with regards to those away venues, I'm guessing that Italy and Germany's FA, they'll announce them nearer the time. And as much as I can't see it happening, I'd quite like to see our hungry home match taken on the road. The less amount of away fans able to gain entry, the better following that recent game at Wembley, which, as I say, you've probably forgotten about. But one thing you may remember is some of the the crowd issues in the Hungarian end there, which, again, Hungary were punished for, and rightly so. And so, with 55 nations being involved this year, there are some exciting ties to be played. I'm not going to go through all of them, uh, but just the top leagues are worth a mention. 
League A1 holders, France, are in with Denmark, Croatia and Austria. League A2, Spain, Portugal, Switzerland and the Czech Republic. Nice little local derby there, Spain and Portugal. Uh, Obviously, there's our group A3. And League A4 sees Belgium, Netherlands, Poland and Wales pitted together. Nice lowland derby there between Belgium and the Netherlands. Then there's the other home nations. Obviously, we mentioned Wales. Scotland, they're in with the Ukraine, Republic of Ireland and Armenia in B1. And Northern Ireland are in C2 with Greece, Kosovo and Cyprus or Estonia, who still have a game to play from the previous tournament. (laughs) Don't ask. I don't know. How have they not got those games played? There was another one as well, wasn't there? Kazakhstan and, and someone still needed to play. Anyway, that's UEFA's problem. The finals will be in June 2023. And there we have it. I think we've squeezed enough out of the Nations League for one episode there. Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. There is one more episode to come for this year, and it's the 2021 review, where I'm joined by some good friends of the podcast. Don't forget, you can follow the show on social media, over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Don't bother searching for it with TikTok. Can't be doing with that. Um, But just search Three Lions Podcast, you'll find it. Stay subscribed, you won't miss any future episodes. And I can tell you that 2022 already has a few in the can. I'm looking forward to giving you those and hearing your responses uh, in the new year. So until that review episode, take care, look after yourselves, especially at the moment. You don't need me to tell you what it's still like out there, but uh, yeah, stay safe. I'll catch you soon. Cheers. Cheers.